Double happiness. The Chinese symbol that's traditionally used at weddings and loosely translated, it means love, happiness and luck. I hope that we all get a little bit of double happiness of our own. Love, happiness and luck. The three key elements to achieving double happiness as outlined by Victoria's Health Minister, Jill Hennessy. If you're confused, I am a little too. Hi, I'm Dean Beck. Welcome to Inside HIV, the podcast for positive people. Made possible thanks to the Victorian AIDS Council, VAC, working together, and Vive Healthcare, positive action community grants. Follow on Twitter at HIV Podcast and like us on Facebook. Treatment as prevention and PrEP are transforming the lives of both positive and negative people. Victoria's Health Minister Jill Hennessy launched the Double Happiness Campaign last year and it's promoting the transformative potential that biomedical advances in science have in the HIV response. It also means that everyone has the opportunity to step up and play their role as well Um, and it also means that we can start to talk about the opportunities and the responsibilities that all people can have in respect of both positive and negative people and the ability to actually step this into the very mainstream way in which healthcare can and should be delivered. The equalisation that it has amongst relationships and in our community and I think that that's an incredibly powerful and important um, advancement that this is going to deliver to us. I think we should have a little bit of Elle Green or Marvin Gaye singing Love and Happiness. Love and happiness Thanks to some very rapid advances in science, we now have two incredibly powerful HIV prevention strategies, both in PrEP and in TASP. Um, and put simply, these are incredibly important biomedical tools. And when we talk about the wonderful importance of medical research and the wonderful biomedical work that is done, um, not just internationally, but in this state. I think that PrEP is um, just such an amazing frame to think about the importance of biomedical research um, and the incredibly important and powerful impact that it can have on the health and well-being um, of people, not just in our community, but internationally. But bringing together these two tools of both PrEP and have we can actually genuinely put some science behind our hope and optimism about a future of virtual elimination of HIV as opposed to just wanting it to be so. The Minister is right. In fact, the science is compelling and we've known how to eliminate new cases of HIV here in Australia for at least four or five years that I'm aware of. And it's pretty simple, really. We get everyone tested, we get everyone who is tested positive to be on treatment, and we ensure that anyone who needs PrEP gets it. Test, treat, prevent. Absolutely nothing new there. So what's getting in the way? Well, frankly, it's political will and money. Lots of it. 
lots of money poured into federally funded national campaigns backed by federally funded peer-driven community support. That would do it. But in the absence of that, double happiness is what we've got. A community-driven campaign to promote what TASP and PrEP can offer, but with no money behind that campaign to market to the communities that need to know. An unfunded, community-led campaign may not stop all new infections of HIV in this country, but it could at least go some of the way towards decreasing HIV stigma. Now, I sent the amazing Kath Smith to Circuit, a well-known gay nightclub here in Melbourne, following the launch of the Double Happiness campaign. And I got Kath to ask a few questions like, what is the impact that TASP and PrEP are having on the lives of positive people today? How does it change our attitudes, our interactions, the sex that we have or that we don't have? How do we perceive ourselves? And what do others really think of us? And just what exactly are our hopes for the future? Kath Smith reports. This is Kath Smith and I'm at Circuit for the launch of the Double Happiness Campaign which is a synergy between treatment as prevention for people living with HIV and pre-exposure prophylaxis for people who don't want to become HIV positive. And I'm here with Nicholas who's one of the founding members of the Institute of Many and my PLDI facilitator which is a leadership group for people living with HIV. And I just want to ask how you're enjoying Melbourne. I am loving being back in Melbourne. As a Sydney resident, I always love coming down to visit. Uh, I used to live here, but Melbourne is so my second home. And Melbourne, Melbourne is so open and warm-hearted when it comes to talking about HIV and the queer community. I mean, and that comes from the state all the way down to the community. So it's... It just feels like I'm in a big warm hug when I get here, which is ironic because it's frigging freezing. I've been asked to ask some general questions, two general questions. What brings you down to Circuit tonight? I'm at Circuit tonight because it's the launch of Double Happiness. I am here because I am so, so passionate about bridging the zero divide between HIV-positive people and HIV-negative people. Okay, so that does lead into the next question. Have you heard of TASP and have you heard of PrEP and what is your understanding of what they are? Uh, I have heard of TASP and I have heard of PrEP. Uh, I am on treatment as prevention. I'm an HIV-positive person, so I take my daily treatment every day to uh, help prevent me passing on HIV and also to keep me healthy and keep me alive. Uh, And I'm very, very aware of PrEP as well. Have you, in your uh, sexual life, and we're getting quite personal here, have you um, come across someone who is on PrEP? I've come across a lot of things in my sexual life. (laughs) (laughs) I have uh, met people who are on PrEP uh, in my sexual life. Um, I've had sex with them. And, you know, sometimes they just mention it in passing when we disclose our status to each other. Sometimes they talk to me about it kind of at length in the lead up to their sexual encounter. Um, I've been someone's first condomless sex partner while they've been on PrEP. Well, I've been HIV positive, undetectable. Awesome. So did you have any concerns about them having accessed PrEP through the appropriate channels and therefore being in the testing phases and routine testing of all STIs? 
Uh, no, I, I, I didn't have those concerns. I am very responsible with my own personal sexual health, so I know the onus is on me to get tested, to ask the questions I need to for me to feel confident. They asked a lot of questions of me, and in doing so, any questions I had about them were answered. How cool. That's awesome. Well, Nick, I'm going to leave you to enjoy hobnobbing with us Melbourne folk. We are a very special community, very, very embracing gay community as well as HIV positive community. And now we've got more people in the fight with us because we've got people who don't want to get it. And collectively, those two treatments could mean the end of transmissions. And if we get it right by the UN target of 2020. What do you think on that? I think we've got a big fight ahead of us, but you're absolutely right, is that, you know, with the tools that we have, as long as we get them in the hands of every single person who wants them or needs them, then we'll be fine. But access is the most important. Thank you, Nick. Talia, what brings you down to circuit tonight? I was invited by Steve. And who is Steve to you? Steve, Spencer, is a friend. Craig, Nick, all of them are my friends that I've met through all of these VAC events. Victorian AIDS Council events. Fantastic. And so the next question I'd like to ask you is, what do you know of treatment as prevention and what do you know of PrEP or pre-exposure prophylaxis? Have you heard of them and do you know what they do? Yes, I've heard of them and I know what they do and I think they're very important. And so not only is it, imp- is it important scientifically to prevent transmission, but it's also important for the people who are using it that they have access to it. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I'm hoping that my next boyfriend I can convince to go on it so that he has no fear of going anywhere near me, even though I am on treatment as prevention. It was nice talking to you. Is there anything else you would like to say about being down here tonight? I'm so happy that Victoria and has a community like this and a new um, campaign to help with get, spread the news about PrEP and get more people on it. Ultimate target, UN 2020 vision of zero transmissions. I think we're going to be the first country to achieve it in the world, actually. And I'm going to ask Christabel Darlings who is a member of the Living Positive Board. What do you think about us being able to achieve zero new transmissions, first country to get there? Um, Oh, wouldn't that be nice if we could? I have to say, I think that if uh, the general public really understood and were able to take up TASP and PrEP, I do actually... 1 million percent feel that it would be an end to HIV. I cannot stress that enough. It actually kind of gives me chills. The thought is if, um, you know, my community could talk about TASP and PrEP the way that we are tonight. If we can continue things like today, we are going to get really, really, really close. I mean, it's almost we've sort of taken as much control as we can and now the rest is sort of up to fate almost you know we've done a lot of we've done as much as we can I think um, up to fate a bit but I'd also like to think that our men who with the stigma associated with being bisexual could at least the partners that they're with the partners telling them you know have you heard about prep like in my situation if my guy had have been on prep I wouldn't have got it what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> um, I probably shouldn't have said fate before. I'll just correct myself. 
Oh, if only, if only that was a dialogue and a conversation that isn't absolutely alien to men who have sex with men or even straight men or straight women that are having unprotected sex or just, you know, a, a more free interpretation of uh, sexual partners than we are sort of brought up with. I absolutely think prep would end so many tricky situations like that. I'm almost thinking that it, the advertising for prep needs to be on condom wrappers. Yes, please. That's a good idea. And, and in women, women's magazines, in like tabloids, why that? I think it should be advertised in the beats as well where our guys who identify as straight are coming, maybe Grinder, a sponsorship on Grinder or Scruff or something like that. That's a good idea because there's a lot of men who have sex with men who wouldn't identify and don't have to show their face on there that would then be exposed to that information. It's on gr- I think it is on Grinder and or Scruff. I think there is something, they have some kind of rolling advert at the top which I think can put a link through to something like PrEP or Living Positive Victoria which takes you onto something like PrEP. But I mean, that's the community that already knows. So now we need to, the sad thing is, is usually when you get visibility on this scale, that usually means, done, you've ticked that box. And now we actually need to move a bit more. We need to move wider again. As in, like, the visibility of people that use Grinder, they're going to be quite accustomed to these words already. Um, and now it's the next, the next step. Another thought I had was around the work that was done about getting TASP available across Victoria through S100 prescribers, major centres and that sort of stuff. The framework's already there to roll PrEP out in exactly the same way. We've done that work. So I think the hard work has been done. It's just the stigma around taking a drug and being called a slut because he's not, you know, he's taking something to stop him getting from HIV. Yeah. I have a question for you regarding, I guess, prep and stigma. Is um, what about the man who at Croy they discovered that one man got HIV positive that was on prep and he was completely inherent and he just happened to be exposed to a virus that was resistant. Sorry, resistant to tenofovir. Yeah, to Truvada. So, how does that affect people's views of prep? And they're all questions that need to be asked. If someone's engaged in a PrEP trial as opposed to getting it from overseas, I think that's a good thing because then they're having the regular testing, they're engaged doing uh, far more regular testing and therefore they were able to pick it up. Also, you have highlighted um, the need for far more attention into PrEP because we need more trials. So we need more trials or more people that have come from a, have a diverse, you know, starting point. So imagine if we had a trial on people that we know have resistance, then what does it do? What about people that have co-infections and everything? So that question is also part of actually getting more attention for PrEP because we need it to be really effective for everyone, not just, you know, the stand, stock standard. I believe they should cast a wider net in research and actually just call out for people who are interested in it, see who they get and tailor their research accordingly rather than restricting their research by saying, oh, we want people who come into this category. And that way it'll be more inclusive. People might apply and not get in, 
but more people will apply and more minorities will apply if they say we want everyone to apply and based on who applies we'll tailor our research accordingly that sounds like a good idea (laughs) i gotta go now i've got to go and ask standard questions of people see you ladies i'm here with melissa williams who has been a great support to me in my life. What brought you down to circuit here tonight? Well, not only to support one of my dearest friends, but also my involvement with Positive Attitude, founded by the wonderful Yvonne Gardner. Um, I'm our uh, media and communications manager. One of those duties is maintaining our Facebook page. And so I like to report on all sorts of things about the world of HIV from around Australia and the world and yeah I just thought that this would be something great to report on and that our page followers would be really interested to hear about um, the introduction of PrEP in Australia finally. Are you aware of PrEP and TASP? What's your understanding of how they work? Basically that it will help protect negative people from contracting HIV if they come into contact with it, yeah, which is a fantastic thing. So that leads me to surmise that if someone is on treatment as prevention with an undetectable load, aka TASP, and another person is on the pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP, what's the likelihood of them in having unprotected sex and transmitting the virus? Zero, zero. That's that's what's so fabulous, you know. Um, I just wish that this had have been introduced such a long time ago, and yeah, it's it's great. It's great for um, for couples, for everybody who wants to go out, have a good time, and 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 party safely. Yeah. I've been lamenting. I'm looking forward to finding a guy that's interested and saying to him, "Go on this," and then he will actually go down on me. <laughs> Because, number one, I've had one guy have sex with me in the last eight years and he wouldn't go down on me. Anyway, I'm moving right along. Great to see you and I'll catch you you soon. Thanks. Okay, so I'm here with Steve. Keep it clean. (laughs) Dean Beck doesn't want to have to edit too much out. (laughs) What brings you down to circuit tonight? Um, coming down to circuit tonight, um, other than being demanded my presence up on stage, which, you know, I normally would not do, but, you know, when there's a spotlight. Um, no, but really, um, because I thoroughly believe that TASP and PrEP together is how we're going to end the HIV epidemic. From a personal note, I am a product of my HIV brothers and sisters in this community. They've been my biggest influences, my biggest encouragers. It's not that I owe them so much, but we are equals and we are peers. And this campaign is the embodiment of that. So it really just means so much to me. Just personally, it, it is it means so much to me. That's why I'm down here. I really enjoyed being on the panel with you and hearing you speak at the campaign launch today. Some of the things you said were just resonated with me. It's just, it takes away the fear of what if. I know I can't pass the virus on, but the fear of the person who I'm being intimate with is so palpable. And for you to express your emotions around that fear being quashed and allowing you to actually enjoy sex (laughs) 
and be empowered. Yes, definitely on the list of side effects. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little story, like sort of based on that. Um, before I was on prep, I was exclusively a bottom because I was so sure that I'd become HIV positive that I was fine with with receiving the virus, but passing on the virus to me as a top would have would have would have affected me. And this is one thing that prep has also afforded me. It's a, it's afforded me the ability to explore my sexuality beyond this this extremely tightly controlled oh I'm, a, I'm happy to put myself at risk but I would I don't want to put anyone else at risk it's now put me in a position where I can say you know what I can approach every situation with comfort and so you you can't pass the virus on and that's amazing I nor can I and whereas before I, I was on prep I was deadly afraid of passing the virus on. So I know that fear because at any one moment, I didn't know if I had the virus or not. But with PrEP, I, I now know I don't. And that means so much to me. Now, I was just speaking to your American lady friend over there who was telling me about potentially someone who um, contracted HIV on PrEP because they came into contact with a Truvada-resistant strain of the virus. There's only been one recorded case in the world of someone who has um, seroconverted whilst taking PrEP as prescribed. So the prescription requires four plus doses out of seven days, so at least four out of seven, um, to get full protection. Um, Obviously, the most desired amount is um, seven days a week. Now, that one person has come out and written multiple pieces and spoken in the media about the reality of the situation, that that yes, it is an excruciatingly rare instance. And so we think about numbers as in population, but I like to think of numbers as in sexual contact. And amongst the gay men, it's, it's pretty high because we have a lot of fun and we're fairly liberated with that. And, and absolutely amongst women and as any, amongst anyone. But, but broadly, when it comes to that particular case... That is one case of HIV transmission from one sexual encounter out of literally millions of sexual encounters of people on PrEP. There are tens and tens of thousands of people across the world who are on PrEP, and they're having sex very, very regularly, and there is no HIV being transmitted. There was only one one case, and it is to be expected. And may I just note that out of all of the drugs in the world, that is unheard of for the efficacy to be so excruciatingly near perfect. It is really a miraculous drug. What they like to term as immeasurable because the percentage is so low. I'm actually looking forward to... I want to get on a prep trial and just just be able to say to a guy, here you go, now will you go down on me because you can't get it from me. <laughs> exactly. It's... It's the condom you put in your mouth with your coffee in the morning. I love it. I love it. Look, thanks for your time. Thanks for your candour too. It's um, because it's not just about what's TASP and what's PrEP, but it's about how empowering both are to negative and positive people and how collectively together, if we embrace them as an HIV-positive community and a, an HIV-allied community... And a gay community and a bisexual community and sexually diverse. We can end this epidemic and we can achieve the UN target of zero transmissions. Absolutely. And we're stronger together, so let's bloody well do it. Yes, united. Thank you.
Scott, what was your motivation for coming down to circuit tonight? To be very honest, I was dragged in the last 10 minutes of tonight. So I'm only just catching up to find out more about what tonight's about. Awesome. You're the best person to ask these questions. Scott, previous to tonight, had you heard of treatment as prevention and pre-exposure prophylaxis, a.k.a. PrEP? Yes. And what is your understanding of what they do? Well, I'm still in the midst of finding out through Craig what it's all about. I explained to Craig that I'm in a committed relationship and I have been for the last five years. Something like this was never... Well, I don't believe it was available back when I was single. So, yeah, I think, I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's another, another measure of protecting yourself as well as other people. Um, yeah, I think it's great. And were you aware that people on treatment... Were un- who were had an undetectable viral load, that they were unable to pass the virus on to you? No. Well, we've just let you know. We're the TAS people. We're the treatment as prevention people. So we're the ones who are undetectable. And even if you weren't on PrEP and you had unprotected sex with either of us, doing various different things to various different holes, you would not contract it from us. So if you can't get on PrEP, know that someone who is positive on on treatment with an undetectable viral load no likelihood of transmitting it to you thank you you're welcome and i'm going to come back towards the end and find out how much more you know about prep okay i'm here at circuit with brent allen the ceo of living positive victoria how are you darling i'm well but how are you I'm, I'm, I'm feeling really good. I'm so proud of all of the staff at Living Positive Victoria who put together this campaign, the partners who've supported it. I really feel that um, the notion of prep and task coming together really changes how we see prevention for HIV. It certainly does. And, you know, we've got to look at the flip side and the platform to actually stamping out stigma for good. Stigma, whether it's about HIV status or sexuality or gender or age or ability, is all founded from the same thing, and that's a fear of someone different than me. And so long as we promote the fact that we should be around those like us instead of those who are different, we will never conquer stigma. Definitely. And, um, you know, I like to think that, um, you know, I embrace your difference being a Canadian. We do love you, though. So what brings you down to circuit here tonight? Uh, To celebrate with my prep brothers and my TASP sisters and understand that together we can end HIV. You obviously know what TASP and prep are. You've heard of them, what they do. This is the most important question, and I think it's achievable. Do you think Victoria, as a state and Australia as a country, could be the first to achieve zero new transmissions. My, uh, maybe not by 2020, but the first across the line. I think our competition is Denmark. I think Denmark has an epidemic close to our own, which is very homogenous. But I think the passion and the will of the Australian public, I think the public health policy here and the investment means we'll win. It's a pleasure speaking with you tonight, and I will keep roving. I'm here with Richard Keane who is the president of LPV, 
uh, Living Positive Victoria. Um, he's also a PLDI alumni and also someone I met at the PLC. So what brings you down to circuit tonight? Oh, for the launch of the Double Happiness campaign, it's a really good opportunity to talk about two really significant developments and one of them positive people have known about for probably almost 10 years now but I guess the amount of stigma around it and everything means that I always thought that we'd be fighting this fight a lot longer to make people actually believe that it was a preventative measure, that having an undetectable viral load and adhering to your medication can reduce the onward risk of transmission to other people. I thought we might be needing to be really working hard on that angle for another three to five years to break through that fear and stigma around infectiousness and other things like that. PrEP has come along. It's It's been a game changer, but using PrEP to align those two things together and start getting that messaging out, it's scientific, it's not just a theory, it's actually evidence-based. I think it's a game changer for all of us. I think you're right. Alignment, togetherness. When PrEP first came out and we were being asked to form opinions and so forth, as HIV-positive people... And for me in particular as a positive woman, I thought, you know, how does it affect me? But it does affect me because I can tell partners about it and they can have sexual contact with me without any fear whatsoever. Even though I'm unable to transmit the virus, it's just that extra boost of happiness. I couldn't agree with you more. I was in a serodiscordant relationship for about four years and um, we never slipped up once. We used condoms all the time as a preventative measure. But over the time, there was still that gap of, and particularly coming from me and that fear of infecting my partner. And in the end, it really did pay, I guess, the final nail in the coffin to that relationship because I could never quite be comfortable. This allows a whole new, different um, situation to be there for for me to be able to talk to a partner a negative partner about prep and about how they can protect themselves and how by adhering to my medication we can double that protection and reduce that onward risk of transmission it's just brilliant and so the onward risk of transmission if tasp and prep are used together is what so far the figures are showing that it's around about a 96 um, percent productive way to do it with PrEP and about 93 to 95% with TASP. What we're saying is that messaging needs to be a lot more nuanced. We need to talk about these new developments and get that education out in the community so we can start having the nuanced conversations about a range of options and a suite of options that are available to all people now. There's no barriers to any of that stuff anymore and it's, it's amazing. And talking about barriers to accessing services and treatments and they've already, you know, rolled out TASP and got that going over the state and that that legwork's been done so it's going to be really easy to get PrEP out as well. I I couldn't agree with you more and I think that we have to keep pushing until this becomes a statewide and indeed a nationwide application of PrEP. Um, People in remote and rural areas sometimes have a second-rate health access system and um, it can be really, really difficult. Sometimes there's only one or two GPs in the town, so there's all that stuff about stigma and discrimination and it's about not only getting those services out there but informing GPs and also um, pharmacists and things like that about PrEP and about how they can apply it and really pushing so 
people don't have to have an S100 certificate to be able to supply that drug to people. I think counsellors as well, because often people talk about their sexuality with their counsellor, but that's it. Once they step out that door, they're back to, what is it, heteronormative? Yeah, it is. And that fear of stigma, that um, just compounds things. I mean, Kath, you and I both know the numbers of um, young gay men that just don't make it into their 20s and 30s because of stigma and suicide and things like that. And to be having these conversations, sometimes they start in the city, but we need to make sure that they echo and reverberate out to the most furthest corners of our state. So, TASP and PrEP together, zero opportunity of transmission if used correctly and respectfully. Do you think we can reach zero new transmissions by 2020? Oh, look, if you had have asked me even three years ago, and I've been um, on the board of Living Positive Victoria for a while now, I've spoken at numerous events around World AIDS Day and things where um, getting to zero has been the key theme for the last three years. When they first came up with that theme, the little sceptic inside me sort of said to myself, oh, here we go again. This is just about self-promotion. It's not a realistic figure. But the changes that have happened even since the last international conference here in 2014 have been, it's just astounded me. And I really believe it's an achievable thing. But for that to be achieved, we need to bring everyone along with us and make sure that no one's left behind in being informed and having access to both of these treatments. Fantastic. Thanks for your time. I'm here with Ben. And Ben, what's your motivation for coming down to circuit here tonight? Well, I jumped on the prep program, or the trial program, two years ago. So I've been following it very closely in that time and just agitating and hoping and waiting for prep to go mainstream. So, you know, it's the last couple of months that I've watched this happen. I just want to do my little bit to jump on board and make sure that I can support it and help get the word across and help celebrate it because I think the more the more word on the street about it, um, the closer we get to reducing that wonderful or getting closer to that wonderful goal by 2020 of getting new HIV infections down to zero or very close to it. How did you hear about the PrEP trial? I was down at the Pronto Clinic doing a... Um, a, screen, a regular screening, which was unusual because I normally use the Melbourne he- Sexual Health Centre. And a few of the doctors that I've been seeing said, oh, look, get behind Pronto and talk about it. And in the standard response going to the sexual health clinics when you're talking about, you know, being a gay man having unprotected sex is you get a lecture about, or you, a long time ago, but maybe it might be still true, you get a lecture about how dangerous it was and how you should be taking better care of yourself and others and just use a condom. Anyway, they seemed to take a bit of, a different approach down at Pronto and they just asked what I was doing and why I was having a checkup, and indicated that I was at risk and uh, as an HIV negative man. So they mentioned, looked at, was I aware that the PrEP trial was coming up? And I said, no, I knew nothing about it. Uh, they walked me through it and... I think the same afternoon I was phoning around the clinic saying, how do I get on board? I want to be part of it. And was lucky enough to get a place, told all my friends about it, uh, was completely up front and just mentioned to everyone, look, you know, if I had an inkling that they might be at risk, it was just talking to everyone about it. And maybe 50% of my friends got involved and got on the program. The other 50% were a little suspicious and concerned, especially about 
the perceived health risks of being on the medication. I can say now, two years later, that all of my friends that I know that are HIV negative are now one way or another on PrEP, whether it's as part of the clinical trial or using Plan B, as they call it, getting the generic medicine from overseas with the support of their um, doctor. Do you think Plan B is working? Are they linked in to the right testing, the regular testing and that sort of stuff to ensure that um, they're getting the same level of research data and that sort of... All, the same level of care that's being provided through the PrepEx. Down at the Centre Clinic, which is where I'm involved with PrEP uh, trial, yes, definitely. Um, the team down there are very conscientious about ensuring that if they're writing a prescription for Travada, which is still required to get it generically, uh, that those participating in Plan B are regularly getting their tests, uh, their, their, their testing done. And they've also mentioned that anyone that is on Plan B, they'd like to move over onto PrepEx to make sure that they continue to get that data going through the study because that's the best possible thing to help support the evidence that PrEP is working. Do you think that PrEP should be advertised on condom wrappers and at Beats? Yes, and vice versa. I think anything that's been demonstrated as being effective should be promoted. And there's still, not necessarily in the circles that I move in, but certainly in the broader community, there's still an ignorance about PrEP, how it works, why it's beneficial. So anything that's going to prevent, uh, help promote getting the message out there, I think, has got to be advantageous. Still ignorance about TASP, mate. I haven't had sex in eight years. Anyway, it was a pleasure meeting I you. <laughs> I feel for me too. In fact, that's the only way I get it by copying a feel. Anyway, it was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm here with... John. Dylan. Tom. And what is your motivation for coming to circuit tonight, John? Oh, to learn about new things. And what new things are they that you're wanting to learn about? We've had some stage fright. We're going to move on to Dylan. What is your motivation for coming down here tonight? Support and just finding out information about, you know, going about things. Things means nothing. Come on, guys. I'm not saying what you look like. I'm not putting a photo up. I'm not giving any identifying information. I'm talking about the fact that I'm on treatment as prevention and I can't get anyone to have sex with me because they think I'm going to infect them. So now we've got this thing called prep that I can say, look at this, look at this. So why are you down here tonight, Dylan? I want to know information about prep and to support my friend uh, who has been teaching me about it. Fantastic. What about yourself? Tom, what was your motivation for coming tonight? Um, I just I came here because uh, I just wanted to, I guess, find out what this uh, double happiness thing is. I think it's a good idea to, you know, I think everyone should be on prep because, you know, it, it, if... It's like a second way of protecting yourself and you'll, uh, you know, stay safe, I guess. When you say everyone, we're not talking about children. Can you quantify who who should be on PrEP? Who do you think people, who should be on PrEP? I think any any kind of gay man who's uh, who's single and, you know, out there and meeting people should probably be on PrEP, I guess. Because, and, and, you know, it's just a, another way of, another layer of protection, I guess. It certainly is. And I think... You know, we're talking about where women fit in this as well. In my story, I talked about the fact that I had 
contracted it from a bisexual man who identified as heterosexual. Now, it would have been really nice if PrEP had have been available eight years ago because I would still be negative, but I wouldn't be here tonight. So, what do you think about perhaps letting men who identify as heterosexual but have sex with men know about PrEP? Well, I think that if... Uh if more people take it, it becomes normalised. If people see it as what responsible people do, not just those that want to go out and have, you know, kind of more risky sex, but if, if it's something that safe people and responsible people do and everyone's doing it, then more people will feel comfortable, uh, you know, uh, taking it as well. So at some point, you know, it'll become normalised and everyone starts using it and that'll protect more people. Do you worry about potential side effects of going on pretty heavy medications to prevent yourself from contracting HIV? Well, I mean, I think the the risk of actually contracting HIV is pretty serious itself. So, you know, I guess it's... Um, I mean, most healthy people, the side effects are going to be manageable. You know, I suppose over time, medication will improve and treatment will improve and PrEP will be upgraded to something even better. And, um, you know, hopefully that happens and we may see the end of HIV transmission. Which is one of the UN targets for 2020, zero new transmissions. So I'm pretty hopeful that with treatment as prevention and PrEP together out there, as well as condom use, if you want to, because collectively, if one's on treatment as prevention, one's on PrEP, there's zero chance of transmission if the, un- the viral load is undetectable in the positive person. So it's about respect in, in your relationships, I suppose, and, and what you're doing and thinking about, am I at risk or am I putting someone else at risk? Uh, I've come down because I heard about this event and I wanted to support other people who are being active in this space and also raise awareness and like for myself and for others. I mean, make sure that everyone hears about all this. And what about yourself? come down because I know a couple of people of uh, LPV. I'm on test myself and meeting other people who are on PrEP or interested of taking PrEP and just getting awareness up. You've kind of answered my next question. You know what TASP and you know what PrEP is. As gentlemen who's on TASP, if you were with someone who wasn't on PrEP, would you mention it to them? Yes. And that's what I always do. Fantastic. And where are you gentlemen from? I hear, I'm hear i hearing accents. It sounds like... Belgium. Uh, Belgium. Your name? Phil. And your name? Walter. Walter. And where are you from, Walter? Also Belgium, Brussels. What do you think of our wonderful, wonderful city? It is a wonderful city and we want to stay here as long as we can. I understand. I love it. I love the culture. It's great. It is really great. It's a very open and chill city. What about the um, gay community? Do you find the gay community here in Melbourne very embracing? Yes. Yes, from the moment we arrived, we, we met friends and felt very welcome fantastic it's actually quite amazing compared to Belgium or Europe I'm not sure in, in, in general how easy people talk about these things I, I think the way PrEP has been advocated much like the US 
gives a much more uh, provides or let's say leads to a much more open discussion about these topics in Belgium I, I don't see it happening yet and it's been quite liberating to, 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 to be part of this community and to see how people talk and and, and, and lift these, these these discussions and and, and yeah to, to, to see how easy it is to be open about it and it's actually quite interesting because going back to Belgium I mean for us uh, personally I never disclosed in Belgium and coming here being open about everything pers- partially because you don't know that many people around here of course your family's back home but it's so much easier here to be open and honest about stuff uh, specifically in this in this in this area than it is in Belgium I would say do you think that's because you're anonymous here or because we love you so much uh, it's it's partially because we are a bit more anonymous at the moment but I think also the whole the whole prep and, and, and pep debate makes it so much easier and then people have to be less afraid to talk about it and tend to disclose uh, and that makes quite a lot of difference I think uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to for these things to happen in Europe as well for prep to become more accessible and then more debated uh, because I think it helps people to also disclose and be comfortable with the situation they're living in so I was speaking to Brent Allen before, who's the CEO of Living Positive, and I asked him, do you think we have a chance of achieving the UN target of zero new transmissions by 2020? And will we be the first over the line? He actually did say he felt Denmark may beat us to the the punch. They've got a very similar demographic to us and what they're rolling out with regards to PrEP and treatment as prevention, they may pip us to the post. But do you think zero new transmissions is achievable? And are we aspiring too high with 2020? I don't think people are aspiring too high. You have to aspire high. But I'm too much of a realist myself personally to to think that it will actually happen. Uh, I I think we should aim for it. Um, But six years left, that's not a long... Four years, 216, yeah, indeed, four years... Three and a half. I mean, that's that's that flies by quite quickly. So, I personally, I don't think we will achieve it, but I think everything we do should be keeping that thing in, in our minds and trying to get there. And I, I think we'll get close. I mean, things have evolved a lot and very quickly in the last couple of years. So, I mean, it can only be be good going from here. So, I, and I don't think we should be too disappointed if it doesn't happen. I mean, we are making a lot of progress, and it is going in in the direction it should be going. So. I'm, 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 I think we're doing good. Good to hear. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Well, I think it's achievable in the in the cities, but rural environments will be way more difficult because of communication, because of openness, just uh, people coming out in a rural environment. That's the first step. It's, all, it's difficult. And then talking about prep and all those things is even more difficult and there will be some improvement in the coming years but a zero uh, infection will be difficult in those environments nice to meet you both thank you nice to meet you too nice to meet you too good evening in- enjoy the rest of your time here I hope you get to stay I hope so too thank you Well, what an amazing collection of diversity and a wonderful reflection of the diversities of our communities, gay, straight, male and female, positive and negative, all of whom acknowledge the impact of treatment as prevention and PrEP. 
Well done, Kath Smith. Thank you very much for doing an amazing job on the ground at Circuit and a very big thanks to everyone that Kath interviewed. As I said earlier, we do have the technology to eliminate all new infections of HIV in this country. All we need now is the political will. And guess what? That means it's up to us, all of us, to make it happen. I'm Dean Beck. Stay positive. Inside HIV, the podcast for positive people. Made possible thanks to the Victorian AIDS Council, the AC, working together, and Vive Healthcare Positive Action Community Grants. Follow us on Twitter at HIV Podcast, visit InsideHIV.net, and like us on Facebook. Inside HIV, the podcast for positive people.